0: state playoffs this is the latest edition of the 719 coaches show i'm dan mormon with lewis palmer still in the hunt i ran up to monument to chat with head coach bill benton we touched on some of the things that i've talked about with several coaches uh over the last few weeks we talked about the shot clock classifications we dove into state championship venues a little bit which was fun and then we got into the games the final four will kick off on friday first with Pueblo South and Frederick and then the Rangers will take on Pueblo Central the winners will move on to the state championship game on Saturday so sit back and enjoy my chat with Lewis Palmer boys basketball coach Bill Benton with high school kids they don't always get the experience of, of repeating certain feats you as a coach have the luxury of that so how do you having been to the Coliseum having been to the final four help prepare your kids for what's in store for them on Friday
1: you know, I think the nice piece. None of these players were on the team that was there the last time, but they were freshmen. Our seniors were freshmen there. Um, our volleyball team has been there. <laughs> they 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 are familiar with the the setting and and what goes on. Um, but there really isn't you know a way to simulate that. A, a way to reenact that without actually going in an experience. The first time you walk through the tunnel and, and you step on the floor, you know, you do get those, those butterflies, those that feeling of excitement. And I think getting there early, Having the opportunity for them, you know, there's benefits and drawbacks to being the first or second game. Um, Being the second game, our guys get to go shoot at halftime of the the game before them. They get to be on the floor without some of those jitters right before game time. So, you know, we talk about it, um, enjoying the experience, enjoying this week. Um, all the love that, that they've gotten from the school, from their peers, teachers, fans, all of that stuff. It all kind of leads up to Friday and, and stepping out on the floor.
0: Um, and I was going to ask you about having that second game. Do you think just getting in the building and and having the luxury of watching someone else do it first help calm them?
1: You hope so. You know, the other piece is you're you're still sitting there waiting for your game. And so there's two sides to it, and, and it really is being intentional. I think the, the one benefit is we're used to having a JV game play before us. So they have their routine of, of going in, getting dressed out at the end of the first quarter, coming out and doing warm-ups for halftime. So it keeps us in our routine for sure, but it, it does – you're sitting around waiting for your turn. Um, and so I think um, – I like where we're at. Um, being able to be second is, is fine. It, it's, it's good for us in our routine.
0: With uh, that 2019 state championship team, did, did it help them to get to that title game and lose it the year before? Did, did they enter the Coliseum with maybe a few less nerves having experienced that whole situation?
1: I, I wouldn't say losing it helped us. <laughs> you know, we lost to Valor in the championship the year before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of those guys were on that team as well. Um, I think it, it, again, going for the routine piece to it, they knew what to expect. They knew the timing, what lockers were, you know, all of those things you kind of get through that. So it answers some of those questions. But the game is, is completely different each time. And... and being able to step on the floor and and be prepared for this year, even you know going back to the eighteen nineteen, both of those, it was going to be a, a different game. And and so for them, removing all of the outside distractions, I think the experience helped them. Um, but you still got to be ready for the game. <laughs>
0: In uh, both games that I've gotten to watch for you in the playoffs, the one thing you like to point out is it's never one guy doing it. That you're very much built as a team. What, how much of an of an advantage does that give you, knowing what you know about everyone else that's still alive in the playoffs?
1: You know, I, I, well, you look at at the four teams that are remaining. They aren't one man show teams. Um, all of all four of us have multiple threats. Yes, we all have. Guys that are probably the leading scorer. Guys that you know you have to shut down. But but everybody's you know in a position to hey, if we, we shut this guy down, this kid's going to step up. And and that's very much who we are. And it, and it does make it you know tough to defend us. Um, you know, Cohen's had some some great games because the focus has gone towards Cam or gone towards Brady and, and, you know, Connor's been able to, to step up Eli Brady's night. It really is. It's hard to be able to say, okay, this is the one guy that we have to shut down. And I think when you look at, at central they're in that same boat, they've got, you know, yes, obviously Kobe and, and you have to respect that, but you look at, at, They've got guys that can step up and shoot. They've got guys that come in off the bench that, that aren't Kobe, but they they fulfill those roles, and, and you have to have awareness for them as well. So it's it, I think there's a reason that when you look at all four teams, they aren't one-man teams.
0: The girls have a weird advantage with the Final Four because they have the Thursday game and then Friday to prepare to potentially prepare for, for the next opponent. Right. Do you have to go through and kind of look at what um, Frederick brings, what South both bring, and try and incorporate game plans for both of those teams through practice this week with Central being your
1: priority? We have not. So uh, I have one of our assistants. Um, Coach Donlin is doing a ton of the, you know, Um, Pueblo South or Frederick prep through that. I have not watched any film on either of those two. None of our coaches have outside of Coach Donlan. We have to be prepared for it, but our focus is central. And and there's a reality to – I think a lot of that is regardless of who we play, if we get a, a chance to play on Saturday, we aren't changing who we are based off of that. We have to have some awareness and, and we'll make some adjustments, but we aren't going to change who we are based off of that. So I think that's a good thing for us is, yes, we, we have to, to prepare, but regardless of who we play, we don't have to overhaul and try and incorporate any of that. Our focus is on how to stop Central right now. <laughs>
0: It's a very political answer, it, from a,
1: but it's <laughs> the honest truth. Yeah, I it, know. It, it really is the honest truth. Coach Donlin has. I told him, you're you're on those two scouts, but you know the the worst thing um, is you start watching film, and now you're you're mixing up who you're trying to stop, mm-hmm. and and your guys pick up on it. They know. You're looking ahead. You're doing this. We really do have just the focus of of central the, playing at 1:30 on Saturday when they when Chasa moved that up, um, that threw a little bit of a wrench in <laughs> things because you don't have Saturday morning really to walk through anything. And in years past, we've always been able to do, you know, a walk through at eight in the morning and and at least kind of game plan that that, that times a lot shorter now. <laughs>
0: That was my next question. What what do things look like for you if you were to win on on Friday night? What is the the bus ride home entail? What is that? What goes on during that turnaround to make sure that your guys are in the best position they can to win?
1: You know the the in years past we've been the first game, so you stuck around and watched the second game. Um, with the first game being the second game, we have the chance to, to watch them before, and and we'll have scout going for that. Um, part of finding that balance having been there a few times I think you do have to find the balance I want them to be able to go celebrate and have the the bus stop at wherever and and go enjoy hanging out and and getting that opportunity but then by the time they get home it's the mindset of you know whoever we're we're have the opportunity to face that's where our focus turns to
0: with um with what Cam Brady and all those guys have been able to do this season, how mentally ready do they seem to you for for this challenge that's ahead of them for the next couple of days?
1: I think they're in a right in the right frame of mind, um, and they have been all year long. Um, a balance of of fun, a balance of focus. When we talk about hitting the baseline and whatnot, they're locked in and they're ready for whatever the next drill is or whatever we're doing in between during water breaks you know they're having fun they're clowning on each other clowning on us as coaches and and it's a it's a great balance for it they're all very locked in and and you you've been around our program long enough to you know friday night's the most important game of the season that doesn't matter whether that's first game of the season whether it's January 11th or or whatever it is we we have that approach and and they really do buy into that so what this is going to be game 27 they've done that 26 other times this year of finding that ability to lock in
0: and I know that you've worked hard to make that really a part of the culture is that something that these guys picked up from you know the team two years ago three years ago four years ago
1: it is um you know it, it, this is not something new to us um we don't circle anybody we don't schedule or you know point out on the schedule this game's bigger than the next one um so that that is our focus of each night this is our task at hand and and this is how we approach this game and and yeah to to it just so happens that friday nights the final four <laughs> But with that same approach on January 11th or, or the middle of a Christmas tournament, you have that same mindset. They know that's the expectation and, and they buy, in, <coughs> excuse me, they buy into it and they lead a lot of that stuff. That's not stuff that now we talk about. They just know it. They hold each other accountable to it.
0: Uh, you said a few minutes ago, I've been around this program now for a few years. You and I have gotten to know each other a little bit. One of the funny things to me was after your 2019 win, uh, you have whether it's Denver media guys, Fort Collins, Pueblo, they'll give me a little. Well, that's got if that's the last Scott brother that's going through, so these guys aren't going to be in contention. I just kind of give them a half smile. Did you ever hear any rumblings like that, or or? And how much do you enjoy just the challenge of taking a team that maybe doesn't have that aspect of it and doing what you're doing?
1: There, there is a reality to yes we had 10 years of scots and and there was a lot of success in there but we had and this doesn't take anything away from any of the scots but it wasn't a team full of scots we had other young men playing and and um that played vital and, and critical roles in that and and you know, it, it, yes, you hear it to answer your question. Yes, people talk about it. People said that to me directly, and and um, it, it is what it is. Um, but I, I think we've got some Lowe's, Jones's, Johnson's, Robinson's. We've got Edmondson's, Jelps's. We've got every – I mean, there's, it's just a new group of young men, and, and they bring their own – skill sets that bring their own their own desire to make a name for themselves.
0: Looking back looking from afar now, when you were able to look at what uh, Joel Scott and Matt Ragsdale were able were able to do this year in terms of their play in the RMAC and the game where they battled it out with each other, how much does you as a high school coach bring you joy knowing that those guys have developed to that level.
1: It really does. I mean, there there is a that piece of you know watching them as young men grow up through the game, but also as young men and and come back and and you watch Noah here at UCCS. You get a chance to to see him a little bit more often. But Matthew and and when they play each other. You know, following each other, banter back and forth, and and the fun that they have. You use the word joy for it. It really is. It's just a lot of fun to watch them, and not be <laughs> invested as a coach, but I can be invested as a fan in that now, and be able to to see their successes. Um, is a lot of fun to watch.
0: So we'll shift gears and we'll come back maybe to the the two games that we're gonna have, but this is gonna be a unique or this is more of a special year, I guess is the, the way to say it, because this is going to be the last year that it's just 4A and 5A with the Coliseum. Uh, as a, a coach at a upper-tier school, and I think you guys are climbing up to 5A next year, uh, how does the, the breakdown of classifications, the addition of a 6A, really look from your eyes?
1: You know, I, I think in, in terms of distribution across all the way down to from 6 to, to 1A, I think it levels some of the playing field in in different areas, different sports through things. It's, I think there's a benefit to it. Um, The numbers are going to be pretty similar across each classification as well. Um, It gets us back to the opportunity to play in a a true more 4A league. Lutheran will be in that league next year, but, but. The grind of playing in a 4A, 5A conference is is real. Um, and, and yes, we've been able to have success. We were co-champion of it last year. We were outright champion this year. We had our successes in that, but I, I think where you see it is sometimes at the sub-varsity levels. Um, it, it's a grind going through those things. And, and so having that other classification that kind of levels out some of that, allows for some of the realignment for each conference to, to hopefully not have so many split, split classification conferences.
0: One thing, and me as a Manitou guy saying this, um, one thing I've always found to be odd that uh, the clock committee does, and I know those guys put in so much work to, to try and get things right. I'm not sure about the idea that every classification needs to have the same number of schools because I think if you look at it from trying to get the same amount of like schools into one class, that can get kind of watered down. Do you think, you know, is there any truth to my question or to my to my thought process?
1: You know, and that's it makes it difficult because it's hard to have classifications for each individual sport. So you have to do it for the majority of sports, what's the best fit through through those things. And and when you're talking about take a basketball, it, everything may be pretty even in that sport. Take it to a different sport, and th- there's variances all over it. So there's, there's not a... <laughs> there's a, no perfect a, there's answer. There's no perfect answer through it. But I, I think... When you talk about watering down, if numbers aren't there, um, say there's only 31A teams, well, okay, but there's there's 94A teams or 5A teams. There's discrepancy there, and how does so does this state tournament in 5A look the same as the state tournament in 1A because the numbers are so different? Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into that. But I think it, I would rather see it as closer across the board than having greater numbers of, and the likelihood of watering down at certain classifications because there's more numbers in it. I think the the likelihood is higher if that makes sense. So having the the norm or the the similar numbers across the board, I think at least fits the needs of, of most classifications in sports.
0: If you could only get one, would you rather find a way to fix classifications to make it an ideal scenario from everyone through from 1A through 5A, 6A, whatever it is, or would you put a shot clock in? Ooh. And are you
1: pro shot clock? You know, to answer the pro shot clock, I, I, I think there's... There's a benefit in terms of preparing our student athletes for the next level. I think there's a benefit in terms of um, pace of the game. But uh, I, you know, you've you seen we'll hold for a last shot, not you know, 45 seconds, though, if, we, if we're able to hold for a last shot. And that's where the pace of the game is. Um, <coughs> excuse me. We'll utilize that. But I think the shot clock benefits us as a as a sport going through i know there's a ton of you know on the other side of that when you're talking about what that does to each high school um, some high schools can make that change pretty easy some high schools can't Um, but for the game itself i think the shot clock's a benefit if it was talking about the classifications or the shot clock i would push for the the classification change harder than i would push for the the shot clock
0: and that's always where i sit I, I love watching some of the other media guys you know ask why don't we have a shot clock well right. why are we struggling with classifications is always my response um touching back on the shot clock a little bit because i've had this discussion with every boys basketball coach i've had on so far this year um it doesn't seem like a shot clock would affect your team i I could probably time out every possession from the Falcon game, every possession from the Longmont game. And I would probably struggle to find a time where you held the ball for 35 seconds. So, right. um, is it a situation where you're trying to make a fix to Bennett to, or you're adding a shot clock to fix the 1% of games that people will post on Twitter and say, this is why
1: I, uh- Right. I think I I don't know that there's a huge glaring need that, man, everybody's, you know, you're seeing scores in the in the 20s. No, because teams are pulling it out or trying to do this or that. I I think it's more um, the pace of the game helping student athletes figure out okay here's early offense here's a transition offense now you're going into a, a half court offense and, and figuring it out now we got to run a quick or or finish with a set um and helping them with that pace through things for the most part though you're right there's not there's not a we wouldn't have had too many shot clock violations this year
0: um and when you when you get to that upper level of 4a 5a teams i bet at the coliseum this weekend I could make the same argument you could time each possession you're not going to see too many so why does the shot clock discussion get as much traction as it does when looking at the highest level of games that we will see this year
1: you know I think and I'm not sure the exact numbers across the country but a lot of the country will move to that point um and it is it's it's the preparation piece for the next level for the student athletes that are going to the next level. I think that y- you hear that being a a push at times as well. Um, but i the the teams that need it probably aren't playing. Yeah, the the teams that would violate the the shot clock all the time um, probably aren't in in that. Final weekend playing, um, just because usually when you have to go to that stall game, you're you're doing it because man, we got to slow the game down. This is the only way we can do this. Try and stay in this game, um, and, and so yeah, I, I would I would say that it's not the biggest concern, but the the general push comes from well everybody else is doing it, so we need to do it.
0: Why is that such a why? Why does Colorado have to be a copycat state in that regard?
1: I'm. I would probably agree with you, and that's why I'm not a huge push, you know, proponent of of we have to go get it fixed. We have to go do this. Um, I think when you look at at teams that are traveling out of state, playing in some of those other tournaments, and where shot clocks are available or are utilized. It, it is, there is a difference to it, even if not having that, you know, take us with that, that number of possessions, we would have had a violation this year. But you put that clock up on, on top of the backboard, and now it is there, and it becomes a presence. Um, and so you're at eight seconds left, you might score with four seconds left but you don't see that shot clock up there. Mm-hmm. But with that up there, now all of a sudden, we gotta we, we have to do something and find that. So I, I think sometimes there's also that push of when teams do go and travel and you play outside those looks, it, it makes a difference for it.
0: All right, now looking back into, uh, into Friday night, what do the Lewis Palmer Rangers need to do to make sure that they're playing another game on Saturday?
1: You know handle pueblo central's pressure um man they they utilize their their length their athleticism um they will fly around and and you know i I think um, part of their term is create chaos and they do Um, they speed you up we have to be disciplined to play at our pace and and handle that pressure um making decisions and and they are very good at, at taking you out of what you want to do, not letting you find that rhythm through things. On the defensive end, we, we have to be disciplined through, um, you know, well, first and foremost, we got to limit their possessions to one time each, up, each time up and down the floor. Um, they've got guys that can shoot it, they've got guys that can go and attack the paint, but um, I think we can defend it well enough on the first possessions it's the second third chances that they get that that will hurt us um, so we we have to do a great job of that um, and and being disciplined in our rotations through stuff knowing when we have to help when we when we stay on our own and, and knowing their personnel I think makes a, a big difference um, Having guys understand you know there's a shooter over in the corner. What's my help responsibility? What's my responsibility to, to stay home? Um, so it, it's us controlling the pace and, and limiting their opportunities each time up and down the floor.
0: When you factor in a player like Kobe, this whole playoff run, you've had a guy on the other team that you know, you know if they're gonna go out and get theirs, that it's gonna make things a little more difficult for you. Usually Cam is the one drawing that responsibility. On defense, I don't want you to give away any trade secrets for what you're going to do. But um, how how crucial is it that you're containing Kobe to the extent that he's not reaching his season average? That maybe he's not grabbing as many rebounds.
1: It's huge, Uh, and the same. You know, I'm I'm guessing they they view it kind of that same piece of of yes. Kobe's a great player and, and yeah you hope he doesn't get his average you know he's going to get close <laughs> you know because that's that's the kind of player he is um, but it, it, there is a focus to make sure that, that um, we each one of us has a responsibility and, and we talk about it not letting your guy get his average and if all of us do that then <laughs> you know in theory you should win you, in theory you should win um, so yes, the the focus goes towards you know Kobe and, and and being able to stop some of those those big time points through things, but our focus is not letting the shots that that hurt us the the second chance points. He's gonna hit a contested jumper and and. Um, uh, I'm Trying to think of the Levin's last name, um, but you know he's going to hit shots, and and it's the ones though that that are easy ones. We foul him on a silly and one and put him to the free throw line. Those are the shots that are going to beat us. This is probably going to be a, a you know a game within a couple of possessions. And is that the possession that that hurts us because we gave up a, a put back dunk because we didn't check out or or we fouled the three point shooter and he hits it and. That's the game. So it's it's us finding that focus, not so much on the individual, but each of us doing our job through it. And
0: offensively, you know, Cam's kind of the same way. He's a guy that you know is going to get his looks. Um, You know, he's probably going to get his points. But is it is Friday more crucial than maybe any other game that you've seen that um, Brady's getting his baskets down low or Eli's taking his chances when he gets them?
1: I think it's, it, that's one of the things that's been critical for us is, is the fact that guys do know. I, I, it's my look, and, and take that look when you get it. So, yes, um, but I think that we've done a great job of that all year. Of, of We don't have rules or parameters in place of who can shoot when and, and who does that. It's, it's the expectation of you're out on the floor, you're a threat, be a threat through it. Let's make sure we don't pass up a great shot for a good shot. If that great shot's there, then, then go find it. But if you have that look, go go take it and make sure we, we get a great, jo- um, a great shot from it. I know
0: you said you haven't watched film yet, but how good are those Austin boys down at South?
1: I, you know, through scouting other teams that, that you know watched them play against Air Academy, watched them play a, a couple of games um <laughs> they're pretty they, that's a talented group um that's and and we were talking about it as coaches if you are just as a fan um man I, i'll go watch that team because they they play well they play hard together um you know one of the things i admired about them is they walk in they they handle their business and they walk out there's not a lot of flash there's not a lot of show to it they just come in and, and you know take care of business turn around and walk out and and that's I, you know I think we we try and have some of that same mentality of, of um, what we do on the floor speaks for itself and and we try and carry ourselves that way south definitely is that way in terms of, of um, a fun group to to go watch play they can shoot the snot out of it they they defend and fly around as well so yeah that's a, a fun group to watch are you
0: surprised at all that shannon's been able to do what she's done with this team
1: not at all um obviously she had great success on the girl side she had a great run and and um you know you watch her coach she she has a great passion and energy for it and her her players feed off of it um buy into it she does things the right way and and so no not at all i'm not surprised at
0: all uh we'll finish it up with this you've coached um championship teams not necessarily were you ever a head coach at cu no. when you guys made the final four no, but you were on staff you. when when the guys went right. you've been a head coach at the coliseum what's the what would be this is going back to i guess the shot clock or classification let's throw one more in there if you could have state basketball at any venue in the state, where would you throw it?
1: You know, I, like, I love being at, the, at a college venue. Um, guys enjoy, you know, when you get up there, are we in CU's locker room? Are we in, you know, this locker room? And being on a college campus for, for our student athletes, I think there's relevancy to that. Um, I guess if you could do the Pepsi Center, um, this is, these are the same lock rooms that, that professionals are, are playing in. Um, but <laughs> getting the opportunity to be at the Coliseum, um, it's still that, that sense of you're, you're at a large venue, you're at the state tournament, there's a, a joy to that. But if I had one choice, I, I would put it at a college at a college site just for that opportunity, walk on campus be in their locker rooms, be around that, see everything that's up on the walls and at their place and, and being around that, that's, that's pretty special.
0: You guys get going at, uh, at 5.30 against Pueblo Central. So you guys pumped, or, are the boys excited?
1: Very excited. Um, this is, we've had a good couple of days already. Um, the four days of practice, we got to be pretty intentional in keeping them motivated, keeping them not motivated is not the right word, but in being intentional in what we're doing, keeping that energy up. But, yeah, they've got the, the right mindset for it. So all right, excited. Have fun. We'll see you Friday. Thank you.
0: That was Lewis Palmer Boys basketball coach Bill Benton. The Rangers are looking for their second state championship in the last four years. And it should be a fun weekend of hoops. The Rangers take on Pueblo Central at 530 on Friday at the Denver Coliseum. That will be the second of the 4A games as Pueblo South will take on Frederick at 4 p.m. This has been the latest edition of the 719 Coaches Show. They'll probably the last of the winter sports. Uh, We'll move into spring a little bit, get into some baseball, maybe lacrosse. Um, There's a lot of stuff I'd like to do. So we'll be back soon.